Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, The Phenomenon of President Trump. Make no mistake, the Trump event hit, it, hit in all its glory and majesty for his supporters. Meanwhile, for the Democrats and other extra-liberals out there, there was an, this was an unmitigated nightmare. And do not miss this post, the pagination of the pagan nation. Finding the morality online, the internet is therefore subject to many influences and in itself is godless, motionless, and a creation of man. Do not miss this post, Antichrist Deluge Americas. Let's see. Antichrist Deluge America, let us fight. While the church is asleep and America is deluged, deluged with those antichrists and their theologies, let us fight, for our fight is not with guns and bullets, but with faith and the sword of God, which is the word of the Lord. And do not miss this post, Greatest Miracles, simple, Simplest Faith. The greatest miracle was very real. There was no answer, except Jesus did heal the man born blind. And the latest post on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Christian living not forsaken. It is here we find out that in the end there is this which God has given to us, and we must not forget it. You can listen to the entire series by going to warn-usa.com. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com. You can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we all feature The Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. 
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings. Welcome to another edition of Sound the Shofar, Friday morning, welcoming in the weekend, Shabbat, looking over the week we've just been through. We're continuing our study, Lord God, Governor of the Nations, Part 12, My Righteousness. Whether the nations of men like it or not, the rise or fall of any nation is guided by the governor of all nations. And we'll be discussing a number of things. But up front, we're going to be discussing the Hegelian dialect and the gospel. When we refer to Hegel, whereas that is the place we get the Hegelian dialect because he invented it, and then we have the gospel. But really, when we talk about the gospel, The Hegelian dialect is just one more little thing in man's attempt to get their own way. But you see, today it is in use even in America and worldwide. Now Hegel is a 19th century German philosopher. And while he looked at liberty, you could call it a, quote, whole state, he didn't look upon freedom as being that big of a deal, that is, an individual's right. But he used human reason. Now remember, God gave us brains and gave us the ability to reason, but... Human reasoning will always fall short of the truth of God without the intervention of being born again of the Spirit. Remember, friendship with the world is an enmity with God or against God. But when we talk of Germans, Germans (laughs) in general, although there's been a lot of religious Germans, Or should I say born-again Germans? You know, they are very analytical. And being a philosopher, George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, four names. It's interesting how we like to do that, four names.
And so your freedom was not the ability to do is what you want to do, but according to the universal will toward well-being. Now this, this comes from various sources that I put together on Hegel. So that's their writing. A universal will toward well-being. That's where we find a lot of interesting characters come in, like Hitler, Stalin, Mao. And see, when our forefathers put together the Constitution, it was about individual rights and freedoms. Now see, the Hegelian dialect is not about that. And the way he did it, he had a thesis, an antithesis, and he had a synthesis, or what you come up with. In other words, you know, if you looked at a political party, and you take Nancy Pelosi, and you take Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi wants to pass one thing. Mitch McConnell isn't for it. So they meet and talk it over, and the synthesis is the bill that they both agreed on, and they both agreed to give a little in order to come out with a synthesis. In the church, we have people in there that have a thesis of religion and Christianity. The antithesis, the world does not like the morals of Christianity or about the fact that it, you know, there's only one way to heaven, and that is through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. That is the truth. Ours is an ultimate truth that does not take challenges. We are the challenge. The world has to adapt to us because we will not adapt to the world. Not if we truly believe the word of God. But churches do. Because they do not want to face the conflict over biblical views like sodomy or any number of immoral issues. So the synthesis is born out of the original godly view, the thesis, that the word of God is the rule for all faith and practice. It is God's rules given to us. There is no argument. The antithesis is the world's view. The synthesis is how the church decides that they can both be Christian and live in the world. And in, in some of these cases, they allow things that are an abomination to God. And even the apostles warned us about this. So we have a thesis. Now see, Hegel used thesis and antithesis. But more often than not, the Hegelian dialect was used to bring in forms of rule over people for the good of the masses, not for individual rights. That's what communism is. 
And that's what Z openly said. You know, they've challenged Christianity and even thrown God out of China. And the Communist Party is the God of the Communist State. And everybody has to bow down to that for the good of the state. Now see, that form of Hegelian dialect, they used Hegel's method and interwoven Marxism because Karl Marx comes up in the Hegelian dialect. So the thesis is the world. We live in the world. We were born in the world. The antithesis is the Lord God, who says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So right away you have an antithesis to the thesis. The thesis made up of people that live in the world and think it's theirs, and then they begin to get technology and think they're gods. That's what's happening today. And then you begin to learn other things that take you even further out of this argument that there is a Lord God. Now, my grandfather was an atheist. My dad could never understand that. He also hated Jews and blacks. Now, the woman he married, my grandmother... which I never knew because she died young, was a Norwegian Christian who tried to raise her two boys and a daughter for the Lord. She took them to an Amy Simple McPherson meeting, and out of the three children, my dad's the only one that walked down and accepted the Lord. That's another thing he could never understand, why his brother and sister didn't go accept the Lord. And in life, you can see it. His sister, my aunt, died of cancer. His brother, my uncle, drank himself to death, and Dad couldn't stop him. Dad lived to be a ripe old age and, li and raised us as Christians, as believers. From the time I was a little boy, that's what I knew about the Lord. Saying prayers all the time. See, that's the difference. The thesis, the world that my uncle and my aunt took left God out of the picture and they had trouble and died. Now my dad, and he had a tough life at times because our family did have troubles. My mother was sick, very sick. And a lot of her life, because of the medicines and the doctor's help, she lived a, a good life, better than a lot of others. But yet it was tough on my dad. 
And in his old age, he drew back to the Lord. And I was in the ministry. And uh, we had a lot of long talks about these things. So there is God's thesis, which does not bend. And there's man's thesis, which is against God, according to the scriptures. Now the synthesis between those two is that Jesus Christ, sent by his Father, doing the will of his Father, died on the cross for our sins, offering up the blood atonement for our sins forever. And once he went to the cross, endured everything, and died, was resurrected from the dead, he was one of the first fruits of many. And he brought in that synthesis of being born again. <coughs> no longer would we be separated from God by sin because there was a way to be united with the Father. And then in that relationship, we adapt to God's way through his spirit and his word. Hegel was about human reason. Karl Marx is about human reason. Now, my grandfather had human reason. But he also worked for the government. He was a game warden. He also rose to be a security officer in California in the, in the forestry industry. And I didn't know that side of him. But yet, even in his atheism or agnosticism, whichever you want to define him as, he was still more moral than most Americans. Because he wouldn't treat you bad. The only time that people got treated bad is the time he was coming out of a movie theater with his wife and his son, small son, I'm not sure if my uncle or aunt was there, but Dad tells the story. They were approached by three men who was harassing his mother or my grandfather's wife. And Dad said within a minute, all three were laying on the ground, knocked out. Because one thing they didn't know even in this little thing, the thesis was we went to the show and we had a good time. The antithesis were thugs saying, we're going to bother you and cause trouble. The synthesis was granddad being a golden gloves boxing champ from college knocked all three out or put them on the ground. Let's put it that way. So... When we talk about the Hegelian dialect, we can apply it to many things. 
in Greek philosophy, when we talk about dialectics, and I use the term dialect, which is language, which means you're going to talk. And how do you talk? Well, when you get together, and the Greeks were known for it, and that's when Paul encountered a lot of the Greeks and told them about the unknown God. Now, the thing that's interesting in all this is that Saul Alinsky's rule for radicals describes the change that they're going after, which in essence is what's happening today in America right now. Any revolutionary change must be preceded by a passive affirmative non-challenging attitude toward change among the mass of our people. Now this is kind of misleading because it's not that the people trying to create the change aren't challenging. They are. So this is a little misleading. Any revolutionary change must be preceded by a passive affirmative, non-challenging attitude towards change among the mass of the people. Those are the targets. They must feel so frustrated, so defeated, so lost, so futureless in the prevailing system that they are willing to let go of the past and chance the future. And that future, nine times out of ten, is Marxism. That's what happened in Venezuela, that's what's happened in China, that's what's happened in Russia, that's what's happened in North Korea. Many years ago, decades ago, this happened in these. This is an old philosophy that is still used today, and we have radicals out there, and we have had, that the Democrats associate themselves. It's interesting to know with Pelosi, there's pictures of Pelosi, and right behind him is a young man. Right behind her is a young man who happens to be a leader of Antifa. And not too long ago, with the Supreme Court thing that we just had. Pelosi was talking about what we needed to take to the streets. And of course, the chorus was joined by AOC and others. And guess who showed up? Antifa. Right on time. There is a connection between the Democrats and between Antifa and even BLM. We know this for a fact. I've even talked about it before, especially in Seattle. Because the reason a lot of them voted for Biden is because he was supposed to bring in a change that they wanted. Now, see, the change today is sitting in Congress, in the White House, and in all the positions that Biden appointed. Every one of them are radicals. Every one of them are going to change everything that they want in order to get this change in America. 
because the thesis is America as it used to be is no longer good. The whites who have been in rule are no longer good. It's their fault that you're going through all of this. It's America's fault that you're going through this. And, of course, recently when Trump got in, even AOC called for going after the Christians, the patriots, and Trump supporters. And so these are really the targets of many of these radicals. And the ultimate target is to make Americans feel so frustrated, so defeated, so lost, so futureless. Your gas is higher than ever. Your food shortage is going to occur. Nobody investigates the fact we've had almost a hundred, almost a hundred food production facilities. Burned down and damaged or destroyed. A hundred. We've never had that before, ever in our history. Not like that. Somebody's doing it. Nobody, nobody investigates it. Nobody does anything. So America right now is on the cusp of this revolutionary change. Americans are the targets, and the Democrats will not let up until they get what they want. And the synthesis will be when the American public are so sick sick, they'll begin to allow the Democrats to get exactly what they want. If you do that, you've lost this country for good. Now today, this is where I come in. I'm a watchman for the Lord. I am not a watchman for America. America didn't call me. America didn't save me. America did nothing when I needed help. It didn't help my family. It didn't help my wife. It did nothing. And I can truly tell you the church, many of the established church didn't do anything. And one thing I found out about the church is that in the midst of Christians hurting it's the churches that run to the rescue and end up running them over in the process. Being mortally wounded, then they leave the church and never come back. And today, when we are at our biggest threat, we have nobody standing up. Now, Franklin Graham stands up. And I'm sure there's some preachers that don't make national headlines that are standing up. I'm positive that. But do we have, or have we had, like we've had in the past, like the Dave Wilkerson's. And there's been many others that stood up and challenged America. No. Do you hear any of these right now standing up against what is happening at all? Joel Osteen? No, you're not going to hear him. Because he's part of the emerging church, as they call it. A new synthesized religion that came out of the fact that the original church, 
that was in America, the one that had the hellfire and brimstone sermons and pastors that were telling you that you need to repent and walk in a moral way, people that stood up against America and its sinful lusts and telling America they need to change. They came up with an emerging church, the one that would accept many things that were abominable. And the scripture told us it was coming. Now, see, my thesis is God's word is the rule for all faith and practice in the world today. God's word is true. Our God and Father is true and holy. Yahshua, Jesus Christ, is the only Savior, the only mediator between God and man. And men and women and even children, once they reach age, because there is an age of accountability, all people, all souls are accountable to God. And they will go back to the Lord because God the Father owns, has, controls every soul that has been born. Every soul. Everybody. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. But through Christ, we can get through that. So the thesis is, there is one hope for mankind, and that is through the redemption of man, the forgiveness of man, through the cross of Calvary, and the atonement provided by Yahshua Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. And our rule for living is found in God's word. Which cannot be changed, but it is changed by man. We do a lot of advocacy for the persecuted church. And it's not surprising to see Christians overseas get persecuted or killed. And, of course, their Bibles burned. Their churches burned. Their songbooks burned. But recently, at this particular event, when SCOTUS overthrew the Roe v. Wade and sent it back to the states... It's not like America would never have abortion again, but these people already knew that. They were out on the streets using it anyway just to get mad. Because they plan on having abortion available in every state. They plan on continuing to kill babies, not understanding the blood guilt there. They're blinded. Women screaming at the top of their lungs on the media as the media records it. Shame on the Supreme Court. You got rid of abortion. Now women are going to die. They're not going to die. They can still have abortions. We have some of the most liberal abortion laws on earth.
And so the thesis today is overthrow the system. Use every means possible. And then there are Democrats that even said as much. We must do what we have to do in order to get what we want. Antifa will do the same thing and so will BLM. Now see, God's word is so important that Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. No other doctrine. And of course you know what 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Jude 1.3 tells us in the latter part of, that, part of that verse that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered for the saints. Jude 1.4 immediately following that verse warns of certain men who crept in unawares. Nobody knew they did. Who were before of old ordained to this com condemnation. In other words, God had already called new that there would be people that would do these things, ungodly. And they turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness, uncleanness, sexual immorality, in other words, and denied the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now these are people that crept in among them, and these are leaders, false teachers, preachers, and we got them today. Now see, the truth of it is, 1 John 5, 19 through 20, and you can read that. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Now you want to know what truth is. The truth is this. That we may know him, that is true. We are in him, that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. But you're only in him if you repent, you receive him. You're born again to the spirit. You've confessed your sins. Now you can go to John 1, John 3. You can also read John 10 through 18 to give you balance. Romans 3 through 7 to talk about confession of sins. 1 John 1. And there's a little verse in there that talks about walking in the light as he is in the light. Read that because you have to walk in him. John 15, you have to abide in him. You have to be found in him. And Amos asked the simple question, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can America be a nation of unity and prosperity if we're divided? No. You can't walk together. You can't be together. You can live in the same nation, but it's divided. You cannot walk together. You cannot prosper. You are divided. You're a divided house. The Bible says 
A divided house will not stand. You cannot be divided. So the Hegelian dialect, we are the ones, before man's wisdom ever entered, there was God's wisdom. He gave us our dialect. He gave us our directions. He gave us our truth. <coughs> you want to know what to believe? Get in the Bible and believe that. Well, we're full of chaos. The Bible has said that's coming. Well, it looks like we're going to have a one-world order. The Bible said that's going to come. They're going to try to control us to where we can't buy or eat. The Bible said that's going to happen. I'm here to tell America and the world to repent, and they're not going to repent. America's not going to repent. A nation doesn't repent. A people repent. And biblically, the only nation to repent fully and escape God's judgment was Nineveh. But 70 years later, they were destroyed because they forgot why they repented. Judah never repented. The northern tribes never repented. One of the most powerful, most prosperous kingdoms that the Hebrews ever had was under the reign of Solomon. And Solomon had a lot of wives, and their wives turned his heart from the Lord, and he actually did abomination. And it says nowhere in the record on that, in our Bible, that Solomon ever repented. But the Jewish Jewish teaching does say that he repented. We have no record of that, unless you look where they look. The northern tribes were sent in, you know, they were carried captive by Sennacherib's dad, the Assyrians. Sennacherib thought he would carry away Judah, since his dad was successful with the northern tribes. Sennacherib lost his army, and he lost his life. Yet Judah still was sent into captivity for their sins because they never repented. But God brought them back. They're in the land today, and they still face troubles. You see, whether you're a Hebrew, a Jew, as you call yourself, or a Hebrew, if you call yourself, an Israelite, or whether you're somebody else. Today in the New Covenant, we are united because of the work on the cross by Yahshua. And you got to beware. There are Messianic believers today that believe the law is still applicable as far as making sure you're saved. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. 
Yet we are still to walk in the light as Christ is in the light. Now see today. We begin in Deuteronomy 9. One through five. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest, and of whom thou hast heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said unto thee. Speak not thou in thy heart, after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, For my possession the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee, that he may perform the word which the Lord swore under the under thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now there was a lot of trouble that they had. The first time they sent spies out, they decided that they couldn't conquer them, and they ended up wandering around in the desert for 40 years. And we know that in the end, the children of the Anakims were run out. When Israel finally went into the land, God said, since you're not going to do it, you will wander around in the desert and you will die and I will teach your kids and your kids will go and possess the land that I promised you. And the people to whom Israel got the land from was because of their sins that God drove them out. The Lord God is the governor of the nations, even in the Old Testament, and he drove the Anakims out. He sent judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. He confused the languages with the people at Babel. It's a good name, Babel. People babbling about, not making any sense, just making noise, Babel. And that's the way it was. And out of the original people, Joshua and Caleb were the ones that made it in. And they fought the giants and won. So when we talk about the governor of the nations, he was even governor of the nations and reminded Israel that when you take the land, it's not because you're righteous. It's because of the sins of the people. The ones that are there, I drive them out. And he warned the children of Israel, do not do what the nations did before you. And among that was blood guilt. It would stain the land. It would vomit them out. 
And God still judges nations today based upon their righteousness or unrighteousness. Now see, I warned that in Trump's second election, that Biden, that there was something about it. And when we saw Biden win, then that would be judgment. Because I was told that. And I was told that long before Biden even appeared on the scene. I had been warned in my spirit long before that. And so I warn people. I warn people of a divided nation when we had the great eclipse that divided the nation some time ago in the summer. I think it was the year was 2017. There's been a lot of prophetic things happen and the people in America do not listen. The people in the church do not listen. And they're just going to have to figure it out because... My voice, my ministry goes around the world in a certain form, in a certain way. I'm not here to force you to believe. I'm here to warn, exhort, comfort, teach, preach. And in as much as possible to live peaceably with all men. I'm not going to twist your arm. You will receive the fruit of your own doings. Read Revelation 22. Now at Babel, and I mentioned this, you can get... In... Let's see. In Deuteronomy, I believe that is. No. Genesis 11 is what I want. God confused the languages at Babel. He said in verse 6, 6, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. Now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So go to, let us go down there and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city.
Therefore the name is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and scattered them abroad. Now today, we can understand each other's language. We got the United Nations. We've got NATO. We got various economic pacts like the World Economic Forum led by Klaus Schwab. We have the World Health Organization with Tedros at the head. You have government organizations. And every one of them want all the power over you. And so this is the time of tremendous technological advantage, a time when digital has taken over, the time when we can take care of everything. We can control banks, we can control the money supply, we can control the nations of men and their money, we can control what they eat, we can control when they eat it, we can control what they buy, we can control what they sell. Now go read Revelation 13. It's coming. So when we talk about the governor of the nations, he is the governor of the nations. But the Father has put everything into the hands of the Son. In Revelation 1, the intro to the prophetic book, he calls himself the Almighty. He which was dead and is now alive and alive forevermore. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the Almighty. You go to Revelation 22, and it says that uh, he that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Now there's other comparisons in that verse. I gave you those two to look for it. Go to Revelation 22 and you'll find it. At the end of that, in the same context, he says, For I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Now that's where we're at today. Let the righteous be righteous still. Let the wicked be wicked still. You're not going to get rid of the wickedness. It's going to get worse and worse. You're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to be the light. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. And then and only then will the end come. The end is not coming until this gospel gets around the world. And so now through digital and technology this world can get around. And what it does do is help the pastors and evangelists who are native pastors and evangelists in their countries who are helped to do their job. And we help them through the Word of God. We help them through connections on the Internet. And we are able to track talk to, converse with, 
and support ministries around the world, we can do that. The churches can do that. In countries where Christians have no rights at all, America, who has lived soft and hedonistic, the church has never faced any kind of persecution. Now I got news for you. It's coming and it's here right now. You're right on the cusp of it. You've seen nothing yet. And I've described in past programs going way back what's coming to this country. And I've also interviewed others. There has been many voices that have tried to tell America, the church, the businesses, everybody what is coming. But you have got generations of kids now that are lost, that are caught up in the Hegelian dialect and all this gibbledygook, and now they've got all kinds of nonsense that they believe. Because they believe technology is the God. We have people, and we've always had people that were like that. Romans 1, Paul talks about it. They changed the image of God, and they worship four-footed beasts and other things. Today, we worship man. We worship technology. We worship the fact that we're not just a man or a woman. We can be anything. And we've got our personal pronouns and all this other nonsense. We have people in Congress. We have people in the White House. People who make laws and they're going to stuff this nonsense down your throat. Because you've got generations of kids now that have been taught this nonsense. They don't teach them about the Lord God. They don't teach them about anything. We've thrown it all out. So now when your nation is going to hell, your border isn't closed. You ha your food production facilities are being burned. You have high murder rates. Matter of fact, there was a, a thing that, that I ran across about the murder rates. And if you take the five top cities, they all have the highest murder rates. And take them out of America's murder rate. Now see, with our current murder rate, we are high. I think it's within the top ten, maybe the top five. I forget which one it was. It's way up there. But if you take the five cities, which are democratic, run by liberals, probably, I know some of them, there's a lot of Soros-appointed people in there. Total radical. They're the ones that defund the police. Murder rates are up. If you take those five and remove them from the statistics, then America is clear up in 178 or 168, somewhere up there, out of the nations. You go from within the top ten, you know, Clear down the list to 168. That's the difference we have now. Your border is open. Your oil is an enemy now. Your cars are enemies now. Everything you're doing, everything you're believed. Abraham Lincoln was even 
He was just sitting as a statue, and they removed him after one complaint. I mean, this is where we're at in a country that is trying to find through the Hegelian dialect, and you have the thesis, America is not right, we got to change it. The whites are not right, so we're not going to do that. You know, they are the issue. America's the issue. The laws are the issue. The Constitution is the issue. The trouble is the Supreme Court. The trouble is anybody. The trouble is Christians and patriots. The trouble is Christianity. The trouble. Boy, they find everything's the trouble. But yet when you look at the violence, black-on-black -black violence is one of the highest. It's not the white kids killing them. Even a black preacher I heard said it's not the white white kids that are killing them. It's our own black kids. Black on black. You know, the sin is not in the skin. The sin is that which lay within. And we're talking about the governor of the nations. We're talking about the Hegelian dialect. We're talking about a number of issues that are important to you today. You need to save yourself, save your family, get in the Lord and get into the Word of God and stay there. And understand, you haven't seen nothing yet. Father, thank you for this Word. Thank you for your Word. Bless your Word to those that hear it whenever they hear it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this Word. Now today... We can believe that the Lord God can help us. We can believe. But America has to be shaken up. And will be. I don't like it. I don't like this. I want it to be peaceful. I'd like to retire. No retiring for me. Understand that your brethren around the world are going through terrible times. Grievous. You need to pray for the persecuted church both in America and around the world. You need to pray that the churches in America will awaken, repent, and draw close to the Lord. And know that in everything we've discussed today, the answer is Jesus Christ, Yahshua. He will never leave you or forsake you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.